0: Good evening, everyone, ladies, gentlemen, and everything in between. This is WNYU bringing you Categorias Drycast Extravaganza, the pilot episode. I'm your host, Connie L. You'll find out what the L means if my uh, supervisors say I could reveal it. And with
1: me today is
0: the lovely Peter. Say hi, Peter.
1: Hi. I don't have a name yet. I wasn't expecting to need one, but I guess I'm going to have to get one. It's okay.
0: We only need one fabulous individual today, and that will be...
1: I disagree with that sentiment very strongly.
0: Well, nonetheless, we continue. Uh, As the title may indicate, we are talking all things drag and trying to keep it to as close to specifically NYC specific as possible. And today we'll be talking about All Stars Four. Now that it's finished, we've had a few weeks to sit on it. Uh, we're gonna talk about the, uh, let's say, controversial ending and just the series as a whole. Is and, that the word we're using to describe it? Controversial. Um, we could say it's absolutely homophobic, but we have to keep it for our straight listeners. Say controversial. Um, so. Uh, we'll talk about All Stars and we'll be talking about a drag event that happens in New York a part of a drag event spotlight. And this week we will be spotlighting Sibling Rivalry. So keep uh, listening to hear a little bit more about that. So let's talk a little bit about All Stars 4. Now, Peter, what do you think of the ending? I think it was bad. I Should
1: I go into Why? Yeah, that's uh, that's probably helpful. Why was it bad for you? So I'm actually going to start this answer with a story before I watch it. I um, try to watch it on cable. I'm one of those people who still has cable. And Connie texts me saying that they did the worst possible thing ever. Imagine the worst thing. And that's what they did. And I think that my first reaction was, they bring Eureka back from season 9 and they crown her, and he said, "No, nope, it's in the realm of plausibility. So everything was going fine, and I see the final with Trinity the Tuck against Monet Exchange, and I'm like, okay, they're about to crown somebody, and I can't complain about either of these. I would be perfectly fine with the result either way. And then all of a sudden, they crown both of them. They don't even do a good job of it. Everybody has commented on this, and rightfully so, that it was very, very poorly edited. But they crown both of them. Now, I feel like this just means everything about the all-stars crown it reminds me of the hollis Slay episode where everybody was a winner and oh, it was an it, hour-long ad
0: it means the all-star crown the crown that already meant so much was trixie mattel winning all stars three and the cluster buck that was all stars one i.e let's give
1: chad michaels his due regards or whatever let's not pretend that all stars 3 wasn't fun to watch Until the end where most people felt like, and rightfully so, that it should have gone to Shangela. Until then, All-Stars 3 was incredibly entertaining. I really enjoyed that and a lot of people did. So at the very least, I could understand why, like there was a clear rule and process for why Trixie got the crown because they had the jury system. I don't think that the jury system is a good way of doing it. You and many others. But... I think that the jury system was what we knew would happen from day one. So fine, it didn't really demean the All-Stars crown. I could still say that Shangela should have won, but agree that the decision was not mine to make. But with the sudden switch to two winners, it felt like such a cop-out. And I can't quite tell whether the show did it. I believe that the show did it to avoid controversy.
0: Yeah, there's uh, a lot of viewers that are speculating that Mama Ru didn't want to have another white winner. But if you think about it, Trinity, other than Melillo, was robbed. Uh, people think that maybe Mama Ru didn't want another white winner. Uh, so you have a
1: all-white drag hall of fame. Can I challenge that perception for a second? Because I don't think that Trinity was necessarily the clear win. If you think of Drag Race as a constant competition leading up towards the end where you have to be consistent, then yes, Trinity was absolutely the winner. And I think there's some truth in your performance needing to be consistent. I also think that there's some truth in your performance improving over time. But I think that it's fair to say that when you're at the top four, those are the four people who deserve to be there. And you can have a lip sync at the end and whoever wins that lip sync can absolutely be crowned the winner, even if one other queen had slightly more wins. And personally, I think that Monday did really well on that last lip sync. I could have had no issue with either of them getting it because I think that they both slayed that lip sync. But I thought that Monet definitely could have gotten it and it would have been an entirely justified crown.
0: Fair, fair. I don't know. There's there's, there's a lot of viewers that seem to kind of dislike how a lip sync at the end can kind of almost override entire performance throughout the entire season. Take for example, like there were some people that were iffy about Sasha winning, even though like her lip syncs during uh, the finale were phenomenal and she won because of those. People thought that track
1: record of her competitors may have put them above her. I think there's something to be said for consistency. Cameron Michaels in season nine, sweetheart. I wouldn't have been that okay with her winning because she was in the bottom two the last three episodes before I think it was something like that and she had incredible lip sync performances lip sync assassin but I don't think that everything should be judged on lip sync and we've seen Ruby reasonable with her decisions if somebody's in the bottom too much and they clearly do an incredible job lip syncing but they can't do it with anything else then yes she sends them home eventually. I believe, Except of your I believe that she... Okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> I believe that she did that with the Vixen. She was in the bottom to, I believe, the third time. And even though she might have done better in the lip sync, you could argue, that was her time to go. Mm-hmm. I think that there's some... That there's a balance to be had with seasonal consistency and having that lip sync at the end. So I could have been okay with either Trinity or Monet in the end of the day, but having them both win, once again, it felt like I was watching a Hull of Slay again. Fair.
0: Well, getting past this, uh little negative spot, what stood out to you as the positives of the season?
1: There were a few little things that I really enjoyed. The club episode was definitely one of my favorites. Club 96. <laughs> um, it was definitely very entertaining, even though Michelle Visage was very clearly disgusted with every single moment in Club 96. I still <laughs> thought that that was hilarious. I still thought that all of it was really well done. And I think that it You definitely had a lot of incredible outfits. I think that Trinity wowed me with her outfit nearly every single week. I think that Naomi Smalls. (laughs) I thought that Naomi Smalls The ghost
0: that was Naomi Smalls for most
1: of that season. I thought that Naomi Smalls had a really good showing. I'm satisfied with the way that drama was not too crazy but was entertaining. I think that it didn't like overtake the entire season. Like it could have ended up that way, even with some of the quote unjustified eliminations. And I'm talking about Manila here, obviously. RIP Manila. I like Manila a lot. I would have loved to see her win, but I can't really complain about Naomi eliminating her because that's what you're allowed to do. Plus it's great television. It's great television. I would have liked to see her stay, Mm -hmm. but once again, I can't really say that that's a bad thing. But if we're talking about bad things, I think that there's one queen in specific that we have to look at and really question the show's decision.
0: Oh, you mean how RuPaul refused to let Latrice leave and arguably refused to let Valentina leave? Though Valentina, I think, for a good chunk of it, deserved to be there more than Latrice
1: ever did. I absolutely agree with that. And I also think that a lot of the queens were worried that they didn't want to be the one who sends Valentina home because Valentina has, and I'm not using this word in a positive nor a negative way, a rabid fan base. think that some queens were maybe scared of sending Valentina home, but no. I think that Valentina could have gone home a little earlier, actually. That one episode where she was dressed like some sort of ridiculous oil painting, I thought that that just totally missed the mark. I could have been fine with her going there. But Latrice, <sighs> Latrice shouldn't have come back to begin with.
0: Mama Ru... When she when she has a queen she wants to win, she'll 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 throw everything in their favour, and that that definitely felt like Latrice. Latrice came back and had one phenomenal outfit, then came back the next week and did just another one of her outfits. It's like there was a moment of hope that oh, she perhaps grew as a result of getting eliminated the first
1: time, but no, just she likes her studded one piece dresses. And she tried to compete based on her reputation. And you can't do that here. Yeah. It's a competition. It's very in the now. You can't just say, well, look at my record. It's, it should be a matter of, look at what I've done there. Yeah. And look, if you look at the episode where Latrice was brought back and you could basically say, oh, what were the last three episodes even for? <laughs> but you look at all the other lip syncs and you could have justified bringing Gia Gunn back. Like, as well as keeping on, I believe she challenged Naomi.
0: Yeah, honey, how could you forget she challenged Naomi? That was, like, the best lip sync of the season.
1: Yep. You could have justified bringing Gia back and keeping Naomi as well. But if you look, take another look at the Latrice-Monique lip sync, it's not even close. The first time I watched it, I, like, thought it was kind of close. Look at it again, it's not even close. Monique won that by a mile. And don't get me wrong I appreciate the surprise Monique you're still in part but Latrice shouldn't have come back it was RuPaul was beating a dead horse is that the expression yes okay tried and true expression there's probably a drag pun to be made somewhere in the expression but I'm okay it's not my forte
0: Okay, well, I guess to close this off, going forward for All-Stars 5, because we know that's going to happen, uh, what do you want them to keep? What do you want them to change? What
1: What do you think? I think All-Stars needs to take a break. I think they <laughs> need to sit back and just let the regular show happen for a little bit and take a break and reevaluate their decisions. And also, I don't want All-Stars to become oversaturating. I want it to be something that's special. I want it to be something like All-Stars 2 or 3 where it felt a little more special. I feel like otherwise we just have, oh hey, some of the queens come back again, yay. And then it just ruins the specialness and how everybody's looking forward to it. I think that it needs to take a year break. I think it needs to evaluate how it's going to go forward so that it gets less backlash from the community. Because the community loves All-Stars. And All-Stars has had some incredible moments. Once again, I think that All-Stars 3 had, the Bichler was probably the best challenge that all of Drag Race has ever had. But I think that they need to take a step back, evaluate how they want to go forward so that everybody can really feel satisfied with the ending and then they can go from there.
0: Could not have said it better myself. Uh, I I think to add on to that, I will say that I think All-Stars 4 just felt, often very gimmicky and just trying to do things for the sake of use and i i just want them to make a, a interesting season that has an occasional gimmick not just countless gimmick after gimmick after gimmick it just it just it just cheapens it and makes the whole thing just feel like, like a circus rather than just like a, a especially cultivated and interesting show but uh with that we will do our drag event spotlight of the week. And uh, appropriately, we are going to be talking about Sibling Rivalry, the podcast slash drag show that Bob the Drag Queen, winner of season eight, and all-stars for winner, Monet Exchange.
1: Heavy quotes around the word winner there.
0: Anyways, Peter, so this event happens about once a month. They've started doing it. Rather frequently, as of this year in January, they had it at the Bell House, and they're having it again at the Bell House in February. Actually, it will have already passed by the time you are all listening to it. But uh, coming up in March, uh, they are moving to uh, Manhattan to do it in a bigger theater. Uh, Keeps on getting bigger and bigger. Uh, People love Bob and Monet, I guess. Uh, People especially love Monet because that's a reason she won. That's one of the reasons she
1: won. Yeah, she's talented. That's why people like her. But she has a personality, too. We can't forget the sponge. The sponge was just... There was something very good about that in a weird way.
0: Fair. But basically at this event, it's half drag show, half podcast. The drag show segment features like comedy bits, dances, uh, lip syncs, etc. Both of Monet and Bob by themselves and together... that lasts for about an hour, they take a little bit of a break, and then they come back and do a uh, live recording of their podcast, uh, Sibling Rivalry. Typically these live recordings, uh, it's very uh, Q&A based and discussion based off of recent events in their lives. One might want to go to this show if you are a fan of either Bob or Monet. They are them at their most charming selves, the production quality is phenomenal. They put a lot of hard work into their outfits and the uh, lip syncs and just the comedy bits. And just a general vibe of the show is very positive and uplifting and very diverse. The last one I went to, the one in January, I was like seated between very gay white man and like an older black woman. Everything between front and behind me. And it's just it's it's nice and such a just scary unaccepting world we're living in to have such a welcoming environment so that's another reason to go it's just a it's just a worthwhile time uh tickets are usually 30 to 40 about 10 or 20 dollars more if you want to do a meet and greet with bob and monet so i think you should check it out if you like either queen and you just like a good drag show that doesn't have the unfortunate side of being like a bar drag show or you wait like two hours of like DJs and random acts and then you get to the queen that you want to see and she's only on for like 30 minutes no this is like a very professional well put together show if you're a baby like me who's only 20 i'm sorry but you probably can't go uh i believe that the one in march is all ages i haven't seen anything dedicate otherwise but the last ones have been 21 plus but Like I said with this new one, uh, if you're basically any age, you should be able to make it in and enjoy the show. That's Sibling Rivalry, and that's the show for this week. Thank you for checking in with me, Connie L, and him, name pending, also known as Peter.
1: Sure, we can use that.
0: This was Category Is Dragcast Extravaganza Pilot Episode super special thank you to miss darling for their song young lovers that's used in the intro and outro of this podcast thank you and have a lovely week